This episode brought to you by Birdie Bot's Every Flavored Beans, now including Great. Hey everybody, we're watching Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, and you're listening to Miscast Commentary. You're listening to Miscast Commentary. Hey everybody, welcome to a special re-record of Miscast Commentary. I am Joe Finley, and with me is my daughter Abigail. So, yeah, we had a pretty big problem. Uh, we recorded this a while back, and it was supposed to air prior to the new year, uh, but we uh, fell into we fell into an issue uh, technically with the episode. So we're going to go ahead and try this again. Uh, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Uh, very excited about it. Abby, we got a lot to talk, to talk about for this one, right? Yes. Yes. So let's not waste any time, and let's... Press play! Alrighty, so the first of the Harry Potter movies, the first of the Harry Potter books, the first of the Harry Potter series. Um, Abby, you and I have been reading it and reading yeah. the books together, and so far you're on uh, The Prisoner of Azkaban, and how, yeah. you, how have you been liking it so far? Really good. Yeah, and you're in grade one, so you've been uh, just kind of reading it yourself now, like with me there going through it. And uh, it's been a lot of fun, and Harry Potter's been a little bonding st- experience for us, hasn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have tried sorting Abby. Now I know you should be 11 before you sort, but we tried anyways, and we got and uh, she got a bath bomb for Christmas. Yeah, and, and I was sorted into Slytherin, of course. I was sorted into Slytherin. Yeah, so uh, we had to remind her that that's not the real way you get sorted, so. Yeah. Because if I was actually in Slytherin, I'd be not happy. Yeah. So we want we want happy kids. So here's uh, Dumbledore, uh, Richard Harris's Dumbledore. Uh, as we know, he uh, passed away and uh, wasn't able to be Dumbledore anymore beyond the second movie. But uh, I'm a huge fan of Michael Gambon's Dumbledore over Richard Harris. But that being said, he's great. So how surprised were you when this happened in the movie? What? Well, well, this is happening. The kitty turns into Professor McGonagall. I was, I was like, that's crazy. Do you think that our cats turn into other people? No. Okay, don't yell. Remember, right. we don't yell into a microphone. Um, this movie and the second movie, both directed by Christopher Columbus. He uh, directed uh, Home Alone, uh, one and two. He directed uh, Rent. Mrs. Doubtfire, Adventures in Babysitting. He wrote Gremlins and Goonies. So, I mean, he's got a... He was the guy for this kind of storytelling. Um, Now, these aren't the best of the Harry Potter movies. I think the later ones are better, but that's probably just because I'm more of a grown-up. This being meant to be more family-oriented. I think that uh, Christopher Columbus was perfect at this, and... The casting all over great, including right here. We got Robbie Coltrane as Hagrid. Now, do you know, Abby, how they make somebody look that much bigger on camera? Um, no. No. Well, they do it in two different ways. Whenever you can't see his face, it might be somebody who is really tall in the same costume. Or they do something called forced perspective, so that one person stands a lot closer to the camera than the other person, and whoever's standing closer to the camera looks bigger. And then they just look like they're looking at each other, 
So they do that in The Hobbit as well. Or not in The Hobbit, well, The Hobbit as well, but then Lord of the Rings and stuff like that. Which you're not quite old enough for yet. I can't wait till I get some Lord of the Rings going. Uh, this was written by Steve Cloves. I think it's Cloves, not Clovis, but uh, I'm saying Cloves. And he wrote the screenplay for every single one of the Harry Potter movies except Order of the Phoenix. And he was the director of the Fabulous Baker Boys. I don't know how all that ties together, but it does. You <laughs> just got a deal. Hey guys, how you doing? I'm going to be uh, checking in from time to time. We're going to try and fill some of these silences for you. Uh, it's very hard with a uh, recording with a kid, so we're going to do our best. I'm going to come in and give you a little extra trivia from time to time. Um, so, Abby, uh, I've got a special present from me for Christmas. What did you get, baby? I got a Harry Potter music box. Did you want to play it for us? Yes. Okay, you can give it a little play. Oh, it's in the middle of the song. Yeah, and I'll do it all. Okay. Excellent job, baby. Way to turn that thing. Uh, so now we're at uh, the Dursley's house. It's funny, this is, when I read the books, this is very much ex like exactly the way I pictured it with the, uh, the cupboard under the stairs and all that good stuff. I know that being North American, that term being cupboard isn't quite what we would have. We'd have that as like a storage room or a pantry or what have you, but... Uh, but yeah, it's just exactly the way I pictured it. Like the even the kitchen and like just that stairwell, everything was so good. Um, we're looking at uh, Fiona Shaw right now, who's uh, Petunia, and she uh, you'd know her or have seen her in a Super Mario Brothers movie, The Avengers, not the Marvel Avengers, the Rafe Fiennes, Uma Thurman Avengers, uh, Black Dahlia. She was in the Tree of Life. And then uh, Uncle Vernon there is Richard Griffiths, who passed away uh, in 2013, uh, just shortly after he was in a play on the London West End with Daniel Radcliffe as an adult. Um, but yeah, uh, Richard Griffiths was in uh, Superman 2, Chariots of Fire, Gandhi. So, I mean, he's got a good uh, pedigree. The thing I knew him best from, though, was actually Naked Gun 2.5, where he plays, a, uh, he plays a scientist in a wheelchair. And I just, I don't know, he always, that one always stuck with me way better. <laughs> And I think you would think Superman 2 would have, but he did not. So Warner Brothers had actually planned on recording... So Warner Brothers had actually planned on producing these as potentially uh, computer animated movies or combining multiple books into one movie and just doing maybe a trilogy or something like that because they were concerned about the aging of the characters they didn't want. You know, uh, kids by the time they were 17 to look 25 or something like that. Uh, J.K. Rowling, who I don't know where she got the guts to do all this, but she vetoed a lot of things during the uh, production, and that was one of them. She vetoed uh, both combining movies into a movie. In fact, they ended up expanding one of the books into two movies, which was probably a good idea. And then, obviously, not the computer animation. So what they did was they basically agreed to a schedule where they were going to shoot uh, all the movies back-to-back -back fairly close together. 
So that way all the uh, actors wouldn't have to be replaced because that was another concern if the characters were aging too much or kind of aged out of what their look was supposed to be or anything like that, that they might have to recast actors and that could uh, hurt the fan base and stuff like that. So uh, really good on J.K. Rowling for uh, going with her instinct and not letting the uh, one of the biggest studios in the world push her over. I like Harry Potter cause, a lot because in it, there's a lot of magic. Yeah, there is a lot of magic. <laughs> Obviously, it's all about magic. So that was the first time we get to see him talking to snakes, and we learn later on, right, that, right. that he can talk to snakes and all that stuff? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you remember how that happens in the next book? No. No. We're still having a hard time with retention and trying to remember everything we read from the books, right? Right. So we're working on that now with the newest book. Well, not the newest book, the latest she's read. Um, the casting of uh, Harry was really interesting because originally uh, Steven Spielberg was attached to this project and he wanted uh, Haley Joel Osment to play Harry and that got shut down by uh, J.K. Rowling and crew and he ended up leaving the project and then they had a gigantic uh, search for harry potter and they went through like thousands of kids and eventually came across this one and those letters mm -hmm. were flying yeah they were and how do you suppose they got his exact address even the cupboard under the stairs part i do not know probably magic right yes yes um, now, we are fun nerds in this house, so we all own wands, right? Yeah. Right, and whose wand do you have? Hermione's. Yeah, she got Hermione's wand that I purchased at, um, Comic-Con last, this past Comic-Con. And then I have one that was purchased for me that is actually just a handmade wooden wand. And then I got another one from a play that, uh, Carrie and I were at which was um, called Potted Potter, and it's basically the entire story of Harry Potter told in uh, in about an hour and a half, I think it was. And it's just two guys on stage going through the entire thing, and it's all, it was really funny. You, could, you can look it up. I think they still tour, actually. And, yeah, we got a uh, light-up wand with that one. And... And I have no idea what his dad's making right now. Maybe trying to fix the door or trying to lock Harry in so we can't get out. Yeah, I think he's doing a little bit of that, but also trying to make sure that the... He was um, not fixing the door, but blocking the uh, mail so that they couldn't get any more letters in. Right. Right. So now he has to destroy all the letters. Mm-hmm, and then Harry sees him and he's... Not happy. Mm hmm. Because his dad, well, his uncle is. Yes. Just a quick one the uh, set de decorators for the Dursley's house uh, purposefully went out and bought the ugliest furniture possible. That was their direction. So he's like, I love him because he's got a slightly lazy eye, you can see there, and it helps him with the being super unraveled 
version of Mr. Dursley, and I love it. Richard Harris had a lot of problem remembering his lines, so they got Daniel Radcliffe to run lines with him a lot, as like it was to teach him, but it was really to help Richard. There's a bunch of owls now. Yeah, there are a bunch of owls now. Um, I would just send more letters per owl, and then you wouldn't have to send so many owls, I would guess. I don't know. Just send all the owls. Yes. I would send every owl that has a letter. Every single owl all at once? Yep. You'd do an overload. Well, that's what, they're ended up, what they ended up doing to them, and the whole house is shaking with letters now. Yeah, I don't think our house would shake with a bunch of letters, because how, pa- how is paper going to shake our whole house? Well, enough of it will. And all the birds flapping around it, I don't think that that would also shake a house, but it works. It's film, right? It's film about magic, so we let it go. Hey, we have an apartment mm. building, and we live at the top floor. We don't we live on the top floor. Second top. Second from the top. J.K. Rowling herself was actually considered to play the role of Harry Potter, considering there was no lines, it was just flashback stuff, it was going to be a way to just kind of get her in, but she turned it down. Well, right now there's a really bad storm, and... Yeah, well, it's... and they're in a, they're living in a lighthouse hiding from all of the... Owls? Uh, from all the owls and stuff, that's right. And I know who's gonna come in. Who's coming? Hey, who's I'm com- Hagrid. That's right. Excellent job. J.K. Rowling actually wrote in the screenplay the flashback scenes of Voldemort killing uh, Harry's parents because she's the only one who at that point actually understood what happened. So she was the only one who could actually give it any gravity. And right now, someone's breaking in, and I know who it is, Hagrid. That's right, we already talked about that. That's Hagrid coming in. And uh, just a little bit more about Robbie Coltrane. He, of course, um, aside from starring in these, uh, he was in uh, two of the Bond movies. He was in GoldenEye, and uh, The World is Not Enough, I believe. I'm going to double-check that in one second. Just some word origins for you. Uh, Dumbledore is actually Old English for Bumblebee. And uh, apparently a muggle in uh, jazz slang was uh, used for a pot smoker back in the uh, 20s, the golden age of jazz. That was just based on a quiz show, though, so I don't know. So that's the old uh, Warner Brothers version of uh, the bending the gun. That's uh, straight out of Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd. I do not want to live in a lighthouse. Why don't you want to live in a lighthouse? I don't know. It's small. No, they're pretty big. It's bigger than the than where we live right now, because it goes up. Okay, it goes up. Yeah. So you just wouldn't want to live in the room with the light because that's too bright and you can't turn it off or a boat will crash into you. A bone. A boat, not a bone. Boats. Rosie O'Donnell and Robin Williams both apparently liked the book so much that they uh, offered to uh, do roles for free in the movie if they could be cast. But uh, I guess uh, J.K. Rowling and company wanted a strictly British cast, and they let Scottish people and stuff. They let people from that general island in. But uh, they just didn't want any American actors in the movie, so had to turn both of them down. Uh, So the one you get we do talk about is 
uh, Vern Troyer, but he is, I think, kind of an exception because, I mean, there's only so many LP actors and there's a ton required for this movie. So yeah, other things uh, Robbie Coltrane was in, he was in uh, Flash Gordon and Krull and Van Helsing. Uh, he played, um, I can't remember the character's name, uh, Matsui in Ocean's 12. Uh, he's just one of those guys, if you look up his IMDb too, it is hundreds of credits because he does a lot of British television and that sort of stuff, obviously. Um, yeah. And... <laughs> and Edward is crazy because um and Harry, Harry Potter said no just Harry and then and then he's just well just Harry <laughs> yeah um now if you were to bake because I he baked Harry Potter a the cake yeah. there and it wasn't very good looking was it no so what would you want to make him. I don't really know. Well, you like to bake, right? Yeah. And what's your favorite stuff to bake? My favorite thing I to bake and what my favorite thing that I eat is French coros. French coros. It's a recipe she invented from stuff out of my mom's closet. And we actually wrote down the recipe and she makes it every year. And she left some for Santa this year, didn't she? Yeah, and it's really good. It's like a Rice Krispie square with pecans drizzled with chocolate. That's right. She's six, folks. Six. Without marshmallows. No marshmallows. It is a very crispy, delicious treat, though, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. So. Blown up what? So Petunia there, and Petunia just uh, let him know that he knew that his, that she knew her sister was a witch. Yeah. And so what would you think? If your brother was a witch, how would you, how would you treat him? I don't know. Or a wizard. He'd be a wizard, but whatever. You don't know? Would you be nice to him still? Yeah? You wouldn't be mean to him? No. Okay, I'm sorry, I gotta move the mic. Just a funny story from the set. Apparently Daniel Radcliffe got a hold of Robbie Coltrane's phone and messed around with it and changed the language to Turkish. And he couldn't figure out how to set it back to English, so he had to look everywhere. And he was looking through everybody at the uh, on-set crew members and whatnot and found one of the hair designers spoke Turkish and had to give him her phone so she could set it back to English. And it wasn't really him doing a prank. It was really just him being a stupid kid. <laughs> no, Hagrid just used a magic umbrella <laughs> to give Harry's cousin yeah. um, a pig tail. Yeah. A tail of a pig. Yeah, he's not allowed to do magic, and we learn why in the next movie, but um, it looks like he's hidden his wand inside an umbrella, so he can still do, so he can do some magic. Mm-hmm. What would you, of all the things you own, what would you hide a wand in so you could do magic out in the open? Mm. I think I would hide it in Kitty. Oh, Kitty, her stuffed kitty. Yeah, that would be a good one. Uh, she's a very uh, clever uh, namer of things as well because her stuffed kitty is named Kitty. Um, I think I would hide mine inside my fake wand. Your fake wand? Yeah, my wooden one. Because then nobody would know. 
Everybody's like, oh, look at this guy pretending he's magical. And then magic things are happening. No, because what if he looks from a long, long way away and then actually shot? It's not going to help. Okay, that's not going to help. What about a bunch of stacked Legos? Just for anybody measuring out there, Hagrid is 8 foot 6. Um, I don't know where that is exactly confirmed in the film, other than maybe somebody measuring him at the door when he goes through. So that's the first sense we get that Harry is famous. Yes. So, what would you do if you walked into a place and everybody was like, Oh no, it's Abby Findlay! I don't know. You don't know? I would be happy, though. You'd be happy? That's good. You want him to give you free stuff? It's like, give me that swag. No. Why not? I want you. All right. So that's the uh, Defense Against the Dark, er, the dark Arts teacher, Professor Coral. Yeah. But I remember something. What do you remember? In one of these movies, I think it's this movie. Oh. Yeah, I think, yeah. And... I don't want to ruin it for you. Oh, no spoilers then. Spoiler alert. <laughs> alert, alert, alert. So, And uh, there's the secret passage. Yeah. So something we haven't done yet. I have taken Abby to Disney World, but we did not go to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. She was a little young still. And I don't think you, at that point, you had seen any of the Harry Potter movies, or and you definitely hadn't read any of the books. So uh, wait, I read the book. No, I you had like one. No, you hadn't read any of them at this point. Um, when I was in school in kindergarten, I was already reading. That's true. Well, maybe maybe you did then. Yeah, I suppose that's math. True. It's math. It's what math? What you just did. I, do. I told oh. you in school in kindergarten. Yes. Oh. Oh, you just praise me for my math. Oh, that's a sweet looking owl. That one, not so sweet. If you had to have an owl, what kind would you want to have? Oh, there's a bat for some reason. <laughs> well, um, to, with the pets, I would bring the. Yeah, I'm bringing a couple of pets. No, they, you're allowed to bring a pet. One pet. And they say, I think it's um, an owl, a cat, or a frog. Toad. Uh, toad. Yes, you're right. Thank you. And uh, and I would still break the rules and do, and do um, Leia. Oh, you bring, bring your puppy? Yeah. Okay, well, they'd kick you out of the school, though. Then you wouldn't be able to learn magic. But Ron had a rat. Mm -hmm. Why didn't they kick him out? You know, that's a great question. I think they just kind of ignored things by the next one. Or they, or they left it out of this one for some reason, and it was in the book. I don't recall. Um, this is one of my favorite all-time Little People actors. This is Warwick Davis. Uh, his first movie was as one of the Ewoks in Return of the Jedi. He ends yeah. up playing Wicket, um, which was kind of a last-minute thing. He was supposed to play a much smaller role, and then the one who was playing Wicket ended up uh, being sick or something like that and couldn't do it on the day. 
Uh, and then, of course, he did Willow. He's in the Leprechaun series. Uh, he actually appears in most of the other uh, Star Wars movies in one way or another. He was in Episode 1 in a for- small role. He was in Force Awakens in a small role. Uh, Rogue One in a small role. I believe he was in Last Jedi in a small role, too. And I don't recall off the top of my head. The only little character i remember is the one well, that, that actually... looks like a roller coaster it does uh yeah the only other l- little character i can recall quickly off from the last jedi was the one that mark hamill played as uh like a motion capture one who like feeds the coins what the, about the, pork? Pork. the pork yes well he didn't Sparkle play a pork he's he's small but he didn't play a pork <laughs> i'd like to apologize warwick davis and every other LP actor out there for my daughter who doesn't get it. She's not woke. Are you woke? No. No, she's not woke. Sorry. But the interesting thing, so we have Griphook who just took them here. Uh, in the later movies, Griphook is played by Warwick Davis. In this one, is played by Vern Troyer, who's Mini-Me in the Austin Power movies. Um... Looking back at his career, so this is Vern Troyer right here. Uh, he's the only American that I can think of who's in the entire cast. And um, But I was looking at his IMDb because I didn't really think he did anything more than the Austin Power movies and uh, Love Guru and all that. But he was actually in a bunch of stuff. He was in Men in Black. He was in My Giant, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. So, I mean, not too shabby. Now he will forget about the uh, celebrity rehab or whatever stuff, surreal life, wife swap, blah, blah, blahs that he was in. But, um, yeah, it's not too shabby. Let's just stop talking about who was in what movie and just start to this movie. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> this is this is proof that I don't beat my kids because that would never happen. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Yeah. Meh, meh, meh. Man, what a trash talker <laughs> I have. <laughs> uh, so, where are we now, Abby? In the. I don't remember what it's called, but the wand store? Yeah, it's Ollivander's Wand Shop. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, this is John Hurt, another one of the all time greats. Um, you'll know him from. Uh, Elephant Man, of course, uh, Midnight Express, 1984, Alien. He played essentially the exact same character again in Spaceballs. He was in King Ralph, Hellboy, V for Vendetta, uh, the HBO movie Recount, uh, Indiana Jones Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Like, he's he's just the man. He's such a go-to guy, and he played, like, even though he sounds the same and his cadence is pretty much the same, like, it's just you totally buy whatever you say he is. If you said he was a plumber, you'd just completely buy it. They changed him a little bit. His look is a little different between this That's one movie and the last. exploding wand? Yes. Well, it's not that it's an exploding wand. It's just that it doesn't respond. To, its magic doesn't respond to him. So it's not doing what it's supposed to. So he's trying to find the right wand. Right? Because the wand chooses the wizard. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to go and butt no, in front of a that... bunch of children and get my wand from Ollivander and, <laughs> and uh, 
Than Wesley you World. can't wait to do that? That's being rude. Yeah, I don't even care, though. I want to go there. I might get a wand. Oh, and you might not get a wand. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get a wand. If I don't get a wand, you're not getting a wand. No. I promise. You're not getting one. You already have one. I need all the wands. No, you only have a fake wand. Well, and not... that's enough of wands. No, but now I gotta get a real wand. See, I gotta get a wand okay, that makes me I do gotta... this, where I light up. I gotta and... get another real wand, because I can do the only spell, Lumos. Yeah. Well, that's better than nothing. That's gonna come in oh. handy come a blackout or something like that. No, but it won't even stay shining. So it's just, it's just so quick that it's one, two, three, and then it's done. Well, but it'll at least help you so then you'll know where to not step so you don't step on any of your toys that you don't pick up. Hey, I clean up my toys. Yeah, that's fair enough. You, you did a pretty good job. And you can't make much of a mess when I force you to record podcasts with me. Right. Right. Even when I say, I don't want to, except I always do. Yeah, except you always do. I mean, yeah, I you've only done a, you've only done the two other ones, and you wanted to both times. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, what other movie? Because we've done The Grinch, we've done Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer together. Those were one episode. We did uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. What other movies would you want? We did do Nightmare Before. Christmas. We absolutely did Nightmare Before Christmas. Anybody who's listening to this can go back in SoundCloud or iTunes or whatever and see that we did that. So, what other movies would you want to do? And then that's enough. What other movies? Yeah, what other ones? I don't know. I think maybe Star Wars. Ooh. Maybe. Maybe. Well, that just made me very happy, except we've already done Star Wars. No. You and I didn't, but I mean, this podcast does exist beyond when you're here. Okay. Like, there's not three episodes of this podcast. We're on, like, coming up on episode 80, I think. No. Thereabouts. Thereabout. What do you think about uh, Hagrid's hair? I don't know. You have no thoughts on his hair? No. How scraggly and big it is? Mm-hmm. No. That's what your hair looked like when we went to Florida. It went crazy frizzy and it was all poofed out like this. No. Yeah, my well, hair didn't look like that. My hair was very short. Your beard didn't look that bad, though. I didn't have one. Well, you didn't shave the entire time we were there. What? I didn't have one. So you can see in this one, as is true with all franchises, um, the first movie didn't get quite the budget. Like when you look at how crisp the later movies are, um, pretty much anything from The Prisoner of Azkaban up, uh, you'll see a much better uh, production value. And um, it's hard because you don't want to, especially with one that had so many books. And at this point, there were still books to come. I think Half-Blood Prince and uh, Deathly Hallows hadn't been released yet when this came out. And so 
Um, it's a lot to invest in one of these movies because obviously the intention is to make all of them. But if the first one is terrible, they're not going to do anything. Uh, and... gonna... You got to remember. Okay, you gotta not interrupt me then if you're not gonna remember what you're gonna say. Just say it. Just say it. Just say it. Just say yeah. it. If you're gonna interrupt me, interrupt me with something good. Okay. Right? That's that's been, always been my. There's Hagrid. That's not something good. That's just what we're looking at. That's just what we're looking at. And I suppose it's interesting that we both can see. Right. Oh, it's not interesting about that. Crazy. (laughs) Platform nine and three quarters. Uh, This has become quite a thing at King's Cross Station. The um, there is a plaque now that says Platform nine and three quarters at uh, King's Cross, uh, which is the name of this train station in London. Yep, and we play um, Harry Potter video games. We do. We've played Larry uh, Lego Harry Potter. I don't know why I said Larry there. Sorry about that. Uh, Lego Harry Potter gets played a lot in this house. And and I think we even got to this part. We oh, got we got way this. past this part. We're on the third we're on the third movie for that game too. But um what would you think what would you think if you were um at a train station and then there were just a bunch of people pushing giant carts full of owls and stuff on them? I'll be like would you assume they were going to a magic school? Or just that yeah, they were a bunch of weirdos? That they are going to a magic school? I'm just thinking hipsters. Or not. Yeah. Hipsters and their owls. And um, the casting for these things must be extra crazy because... The, uh, like you, again, not just investing in the movies themselves, uh, to be able to make seven going forward, or actually they made eight, um, but the idea of casting these kids, these 11, 12 year olds and whatnot, and going, okay, well, these are going to have to be like good actors 12 years later. (laughs) Yeah. And you did just find Ron. We did just find Ron. That's Rupert Grint. I didn't write anything down on any of the kids this time because I figure we're going to go through these movies all eventually. So I'm just, we're just going to talk adults in this one. But yeah, Daniel Radcliffe, Rupert Grint, and uh, there's Jenny back there. And uh, and he oh. just went really fast through that wall and then mm. yeah, he can come right back out. Well, that's not a good place to just stand because then Ron would like barrel through and smash into him, right? Right. It's an old steam train. Um, I don't know if it's really recently anymore that the uh, Wizarding World... The Hogwarts Express. Uh, But yeah, the uh, train... Now they have the train that connects the two parts of the Wizarding World now. And it's completely uh, blacked out on the inside, so you can't see outside of the train. And then they've got all video screens, so it's, like, interactive while you travel there. You'll see, I think, a bunch of different people um, shot scenes specifically for that train thing. Like, um, oh, why can't I remember her bloody name? Helena Bonham Carter 
and uh, people of the like were all had all shot scenes for this thing. It's crazy now with movies because I mean, uh, well, I guess it happened back in the day too. When when I was young, you know, we had rides at uh, Universal Studios like Back to the Future and that sort of stuff, yeah. and they actually have to shoot extra scenes for those video games or not well not, not the video games but for the rides and stuff like that rides and now that's just something yeah and now you just that's something that you just have to kind of expect and be like be in your contract you'll be sitting there working on another movie and then get called in and go oh yeah by the way we need you to do uh we need you to shoot stuff for a five minute ride <laughs> at universal and they're doing that all kinds of stuff now and uh the new some of the new rides at Disney, and they've got the Guardians of the Galaxy ride. Oh yeah, yeah, I really well, Is it a drop one? Yes, it is. It, not no. only no, not only is it a drop one, it is, and you have been told this. It's the Tower of Terror is being turned into the Guardians of the Galaxy ride. I don't like Tower of Terror. I don't like drops. Well, yeah. maybe it was just because it was kind of scary. Yeah, that might be it, right? Because so, I, because I, because. I went on that path, and that was literally ups. It was literally me going upside down. It wasn't, no, you were not upside down, but you did come off the seat. I did have to hold you down. <laughs> and, uh, and on, um, um, oh, what's it called, um, Uh, Drop Tower of Terror? No. Guardians of the Galaxy? No. What? I don't know what you're talking about then. Star Tours? No. Um... Alright, well, we're not gonna hang on this. <laughs> if, if you remember, like, say it later. Uh, so, we got Emma Watson there now. She's actually wearing the wild beast. Oh, the wild beast! That's a. I was coming out of my seat, going down. I was flying. I was like, "Okay, I'm out of my seat. I know it." Yeah, the wild beast is a roller coaster, a wooden roller coaster at um, Canada's Wonderland. And Abby was big enough this year to go on almost almost every one of the roller coasters. Three or four I couldn't go on. Yeah, and she went on all the ones she could go on, and she went on some of the... Except for one, the one that, like, um, the... Oh, what's it called? The one that, like, stretches that I'm allowed to go on? I don't remember what I don't know. Here, you keep talking, Abby. I have to go save your brother. Okay, um, well, this train coming up right now is called the Hogwarts Express, like when you're just getting on it, and, um, they're all getting off right now, and soon they're going to be soaring into their houses, and that's almost my favorite part. Yeah, it's my favorite part. What's your favorite part? Well, my favorite part is when they get started into their house, and that's about to happen. Yeah, we're getting there. I love when they get started into their house. And I want to be in Gryffindor. I want to be in Gryffindor. So the, um, 
the downfall of doing these kind of recordings is I can't do them too late, which means the kids are awake. But my son is having a nap right now, but he was just awake and just staring out his window <laughs> and I had to go get him and make sure that he was safe. So thank you for covering for me, Abby. You're <laughs> welcome. So yeah, why do you want to be Gryffindor so bad? I don't know, because Harry's in it and Hermione and Ron. And Hermione and Ron. Mm-hmm. Well, I have been sorted and I am a Ravenclaw. And what used would be... to be Gryffindor. I never used to be Gryffindor. I was yeah. always Ravenclaw. No, last time I heard you say, I am Gryffindor. No, I was doing this thing and I said Gryffindor because that was that was cool. But no, the first time I... Well, the first and only time I was ever sorted was Ravenclaw. So... And Ravenclaws are cool people. Yeah. Who are no. smart. Chris Hardwick is a Ravenclaw. I don't want to be Ravenclaw. Okay. You don't want to be the smartest, coolest people? Uh, we got Maggie Smith, a woman I love so much. Uh, you know her outside of this, obviously. Downton Abbey, if, you know, if you're one of those cool people. Todd would be losing his mind right now if he was here because he's a Downton Abbey freak. And that's not, like, ironic or fake. He loves Downton Abbey. Um, but she was in Hook. She played old Wendy. Uh, she was in the Sister Act movies, First Wives Club, Gosford Park, Divine, uh, Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood, Nanny McPhee. Uh, she's all yeah, she's all over the place, and she's just a fantastic actress. Uh, actually, went through shooting. I can't remember which one of these movies, but she went through all of her shooting while uh, suffering from breast cancer and didn't tell anybody. And yeah, she's uh, she's quite a woman, and we're really glad that we haven't lost her at this point. And um, yeah. when I couldn't say Malfoy, mm-hmm. I said Malfoy. Malfoy? What did Mouthboy. you? Malfoy. <laughs> That's pretty good. I like that. That sounds like an old fifties uh, nickname. Mouthboy. Hey, I'm Snake, and this is Mouthboy. Yeah, Mouthboy. Hey, I'm Snake. Oh no, Snake. <laughs> snake uh, can talk to snakes. Yeah. He uh, Snake Snape can't talk to snakes. <laughs> actually, snake, snake. That's, oh yeah, no, I know, but that's the irony. And he's Slytherin, and still can't talk to no snakes. Slytherin. Ah. And do you know why they're called Slytherin? Because they can talk to snakes. No, they can't all talk to snakes. Salazar Slytherin could, and Harry can, but everybody else can't. And you know how they do it? Or why they're called Slytherin, though? No. Because a snake is Slytherin. (laughs) Right? Snake Slytherin. Right? That's not a dad joke. That's why they named Salazar Slytherin that. Do you remember the names of all the houses? So we've said three of them. Ravenclaw, Gryffindor, Hufflepuff, and Slytherin. That's right. Good job. She is my... She's turning into a wonderful little nerd. I'm not a nerd. You are a nerd, and nerds are awesome, and don't ever forget that. You are. Oh, I'm the best kind of nerd. You have no idea. Um, so Richard Harris, um, 
from his old days, he was in Camelot and Gulliver's Travels, the original Gulliver's Travels. Uh, he was in uh, Patriot Games and the uh, Clint Eastwood Western Unforgiven. And I used to want to be in Hufflepuff, but now I want to be in Gryffindor. Nice. Yes, and then he was also in Gladiator. He was not sorted into Gladiator. He was just hired to be in it. See, that's the way to get sorted, baby. The bath bomb that you had that sorted you into Slytherin, it's not real. The yeah. hat does the job. Relax. See? And right now I just want to be very quiet. You want to be very quiet? Oh, that's a great thing to do for a podcast that's very long. I just wanted to say Harry Potter the way everybody says it in the movie. Harry Potter? Do your best, Gryffindor! Gryffindor! That's good. She knows to be quite, to just not use R's at the end of her words, and that's British enough for her. <laughs> the, uh. Oh. oh, you don't even have to put the hat on his greasy head. Yeah, he and then knows. he was like. And then before he even put it on, yeah. he, he's like, Slytherin! That's you right. are. It's such a bummer because I don't know why, um, I don't know why they're not doing this in alphabetical order. Because they did, they did Hermione Granger, then Draco Malfoy, then Susan Bones, now Ronald Weasley. Can't deal. Can't deal. Susan Bones, you go to Hufflepuff and you just stay there. It's amazing to see all these kids, though. Now that I've seen all the movies and you've seen them in other things, and, uh, anybody who hasn't seen, um... Neville, I can't remember his name right now, but anybody who hasn't seen, uh, who's, who hasn't seen him recently, he was in an episode of, uh, Impractical Jokers, where they were at Universal Studios, and he was absolutely hilarious, so look that up if you haven't seen it, and he's really funny. Oh, everybody's curious about Harry Potter. Neville there, he, um, was supposed to be kind of chubby. And they actually had to, uh, and they stuffed his cheeks a little bit for this role. And then as he got older, he got thinner. So they had to just kind of, they had to like stuff his, uh, And who do you think playing again. the hat? Uh, I don't remember. It was just a voice guy. I don't remember who it was. Who do you think's playing the hat? I don't know. Yeah, you don't know any actor's name, so why'd you even start that conversation? Just to make me look silly. No! <laughs> You could be great. See, he's a little patched up and old. I want to know who if I, if somebody just ever wore him as a hat, and if he just talked to them all the time. Gryffindor. If that if I did that, I would jump off the stage and yeah. and scream. But see, now you know when you actually get sorted. Right? If you don't want to be in Slytherin, you do have a say, right? Mm-hmm. So, something else a bath bomb won't do for you. A bath bomb will do, bath bombs will do wonderful things for your skin, but nothing for your sorting. <laughs> right? Yeah, you're crazy. Yeah. But it was fun to see the color come out of it, no matter what color it was, right? It wasn't. It was bowling. I was, and my mom's, um, was took like five minutes and mine took we were just sitting there for ten minutes it was the longest thing in the world i was just 
Is this ever gonna happen? Yeah. <laughs> Is this broken? Well, maybe it was trying. It was weighing all its options. Uh, maybe it wasn't because Daddy said, "Oh no, that looks like it's blue." It Daddy did look blue at the beginning, and then it came out green, and then there were bits of blue. Um, the dying away. the kid in the black uh, in the black. Wow, I just did that. The kid in the back there with the um, dreadlocks there. He um, was in community. He's just drinking there. Uh, he was in community. You would know him as Magnitude in Community, who who says nothing. You've never seen Community. Everybody just comes in the room and goes pop pop. That's all he does. And now they're just ghosts, and they're running through the tables, and then everyone's like, Ghost. "Yeah, yeah, yeah." It's just to freak out the new kids. Uh, this is John Cleese. For anybody who cares the most, you'd know him from Monty Python and Faulty Towers. Uh, he was Q for a short period of time during the end of uh, Pierce, Brosnan, Pierce Brosnan's uh, term as Bond. See, he got his head cut off, but not all the way. There's still a little bit of neck holding on. Yeah. Yeah. Gryffindor. That no one can see. That's right. Would you be bummed out if you had to wear those hats? What hats? The hats that some of the kids, that the uh, older kids are wearing. The the pointy black hats. I don't like them at all. I'm really glad that they got rid of those for the later years. Because I couldn't imagine, like, older Harry Potter walking around (laughs) in one of those things. Can't take them seriously. Yeah, and those are magic pictures. They're moving. They are moving. If you could have any of the pictures of you uh, that could move and be magic, what would you want it to be? Mm, I don't know. No? Like one of your Disney pictures or one of your school pictures? Or... I don't know. you got nothing. I'm trying to help you here. It's not helping. Wow. Wow. Forget it then. Cabot Draconis, or Cabot Draconis, I said Cabot. Cabot, Cabot. Yeah, I got nothing. You gotta know the passwords to get in. Okay? So, that'd be very important. Uh, There's actually a really good tour you can go on. Universal Studios in London has most of these sets still intact. And you can go through and actually, like, be on, so not like a a replica of the set, the actual physical set. And, um, yeah, you can see, yeah, you can see just about everything. Uh, They also have special, uh, they've done some special dinners and they've done Valentine's things and stuff like that in uh, in the Great Hall. So you can actually go and eat at the tables that they eat at and stuff like that. It's really cool. I'd love to go do that sometime. But it's very hard to justify the thousands of dollars it would take to get there just to spend the hundreds of dollars it would take to get in. I guess that's I guess that's true of any place, though. No, I think I can do that Harry Potter from earlier a bit better. Harry Potter? What do you think? There was um, another game that Abby likes to play. She plays Minecraft a lot. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I have it on my tablet. She does. And anybody who hasn't seen it, you can look it up on YouTube or uh, Google it, whatever. Uh, people have rebuilt big portions of the Harry Potter universe uh, on servers on um, on Minecraft. And there was a team of, I can't remember how many people, it was a large team of people though working on this thing. And they built the entire Hogwarts castle to scale. They built uh, Hogsmeade, they built Diagon Alley, and just the, the pictures I've seen from it and the footage I've seen from it is just unbelievable. Uh, to be able to do that out of the bricks is just crazy to me. Richard Harris only took the role of Dumbledore because his granddaughter actually urged him to do it. Patrick McGowan, uh, who played the king in Braveheart, for anybody who doesn't know, he was offered the role but had health issues, and then ironically Richard Harris would go on to die anyways. So we got to talk about Alan Rickman. Uh, we spoke about him a couple weeks ago when we did the Die Hard episode, but just heartbreaking. We lost him uh, very recently. Filling time doesn't really feel like filling time when you're filling time with friends. Filling time. Uh, but yeah, he was so obviously he was in Die Hard and uh, Love Actually and all kinds of wonderful things and uh this was such an iconic role for him and then oh no snape yes and then oh no snape uh whenever we were reading the first book and after she learned a bit about snape every time he would hear the name <laughs> she would just go oh no snape so now oh, i have no. Snape. Yeah, so now I have to shut that down. <laughs> uh, somebody I didn't mention earlier, um, there was an uncredited actor as one of the goblins at uh, Gringotts, and that was uh, Kieran Shaw. Now, if you don't recall the name, we've actually brought it up a couple of times here. He uh, played one of the scale doubles in Lord of the Rings, and he actually did some stunt work on Aliens as well. So he's got a uh, pretty deep connection for us. That's his third movie, and then knowing that we're going to do the rest of the uh, Lord of the Rings, you know he's actually going to be in a lot of the movies for us by the end of it. Uh, if you look in the trophy case, when they uh, see that James Potter was on the Quidditch team, you'll actually see under the right that Tom Riddle has received a trophy for services to the school. Apparently there was a deleted scene that also points it out that really kind of nails it home, but I think that because there was a lot of new people coming to it, they didn't want to give anybody a mystery name just yet. Right now I'm just seeing someone did something. I, yeah. I think like exploded something. Yeah, that's Seamus. His big thing is every time he tries to do magic that it explodes in his face. It like comes up to his face. Yeah. I've yet to see it. I keep trying to keep an eye out. Maybe you guys can keep an eye out or if uh, email us or tweet us a, uh, a screenshot of it or something. But apparently uh, Mark Ballas, Derek Huff, and Julianne Huff, all from Dancing with the Stars, appear as schoolmates on this. They're all uncredited, but apparently every one of them is in this movie. And I don't know for the life of me. I've been, ever since I heard that, I've been keeping an eye out for it. And I can't, I can't for the life of me figure it out. 
Ooh, that actually looks like the thing that your bath bun came in. Yeah, except it didn't turn red. Well, didn't well maybe you didn't forget anything. Forget everything? Yeah, that's for if you forget stuff. Oh, then we should have keep kept it. Kept it. Well, I think we still have them, baby. Is there one in the garbage? I I don't recall doing that. I think they're both there. Oh, those kids think too hard for little for like eleven year olds. All right, it's time to learn broom. To learn how to fly in a broom. Would you think you'd be good at flying in a broom? Yes. Would you be good enough to play Quidditch? Maybe. Maybe. Um, maybe. What? Maybe. Oh, are you spelling maybe? Yeah. M a y b e. Oh. Up. Oh. Some yeah, people can't pe- quite get it. What? A lot of people are just doing up, 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 up. Yeah. Well, you got to say it till it comes up. I, again, not that I've ever seen somebody do that since. Gotta get on. Now, this actress, I didn't write her name down, but uh, she is uh, a mainstay in the uh, Britcom, like, BBC world. Um, I used to, I can't remember the name, even the name of the show, but I used to broadcast one of her shows late night on YTV. They used to air a lot of British stuff. When this movie was released, it was actually the second highest grossing movie of all time, just behind Titanic. Now, obviously, it's nowhere near that anymore. Ooh, yeah, he's just <laughs> flying away. Yeah. Oh, no. Ooh. Ow. So you can Ooh. see here, this is where some of that uh, lack of money comes in when it comes to the, uh, the limited uh, CG when it comes to these people. You can see there's a pretty bad one in a second right here. <laughs> like, it looks a little like... See, that's fine. And there, it doesn't look like him at all anymore again. It's almost like they shot it for somebody else. But it's a nice, simple way to get around, like, to go from the CG to the regular, um, like, to the live-action people. Uh... They did a very similar thing in Lord of the Rings, uh, what was it, Return of the King, where they throw the scale double and then he rolls and then he pops back up as the, uh, as the actual actor. And it's just like, it's the more fun that you can have of kind of simple filmmaking, which I mean, for a movie with so much CG, I guess that's still, you could still call it that. So, uh, in addition to Steven Spielberg, who was up for directing this role and ended up dropping out, uh, people like Jonathan Demme, Terry Gilliam, Mike Newell, Alan Parker, uh, Wolfgang Peterson, Rob Reiner, Ivan Reitman, uh, Tim, Tim Robbins, M. Night Shyamalan, uh, they were all up for this role. Um, J.K. Ro- J.K. Rowling's first choice was actually, uh, Terry Gilliam, uh, but he ended up having to, uh, he ended up not being able to do it, so then they went with... Chris Columbus, uh, but it's a lot of names for this book. I mean, I I didn't know how many people actually 
read this book at the time. Uh, call it ignorance, call it what you will. But yeah, people were chomping at the bit. But yeah, some of these names, I just can't imagine what M. Night Shyamalan would have done with this movie. Um, if it's anything like what he did with The Last Airbender, maybe we are very lucky that no, <laughs> that this did not occur. Or with any of his movies that weren't The Sixth Sense and maybe Unbreakable and maybe some more recent stuff. But you, you know full well that he was not a good idea. It was definitely the weirdest way to uh, show off the uh, the natural abilities of somebody for something that isn't real. So they had to essentially kind of reverse engineer it and say, okay, this is what Quidditch is going to be. So how are we going to show that this guy's good at Quidditch? Well, we have to have him on a broom and we have to have him catching something that's small. Then they have to go, okay, well, what's the small thing? And then they invent the remember-all. And yeah. so that's when you... No, you got to catch something small, so what to... What's the small thing? You're looking at it, and what's the small thing? That's right. What is that called? It's called the Quidditch. No. It's called Quidditch. The game's called Quidditch. What's the thing you catch? Do you remember? A Quidditch ball. No, the snitch. The golden snitch. And and you have one. I do have one. We'll take some of our weird uh, wizard pictures today uh, after the recording, and then we'll post them online with the episode. Yeah. <laughs> so don't forget to look at that. <laughs> Good job, baby. That's a call to action for my little girl. <laughs> Just kind of a correction. I mentioned Warwick Davis played the first uh, goblin and uh, played Professor Flitwick, and Vern Troyer played Grip Hook. But uh, Vern Troyer was not the voice of Grip. Grip Hook actually Warwick Davis played that as well so they might as well have just got him to play and put different makeup on that's all the Quidditch trophies now here's the weird thing is that they have Quidditch trophies when they don't play other schools in Quidditch they just play themselves and then give themselves trophies yeah. now I know they're house trophies and stuff like that but would they keep them all I don't think so David Thewlis was actually up for uh, playing Professor Quirrell in this movie, he ended up not getting the role for whatever reason, but they liked him so much that they brought him back to play Professor Lupin later. Yep, of course they change it, and that's why I don't really like them. Yeah, well, you end up, like, what if you're really tired or you have to go to the bathroom or something? Yeah, you're, like, going up the stairs, and then all of a sudden it starts changing the other way. You're like, there's no bathroom this way. That'll be the worst, I'm like... And there's there's probably no spell to make a toilet so you can go to the bathroom. So this movie actually opened at 3,762 theaters in the States. And at the time, it was the most amount of theaters for any opening for any film. It's a cat. Yeah. And Hermione said that, and she brought a cat. It's true. And I know one person at Hogwarts who broke the rules about bringing a pet that's right well apparently wow. a bunch of people broke the rules do you remember this we did we did that spell we were learning spells the other day do you remember the spells that we that we did mm, i don't remember I... um expel expel that's one good job uh and we did that's right what about petra Tell 
Yeah, say it in the mic. Petrificus totalis. I that took a long time. <laughs> that was Petrificus Petrificus totalis. You said so many different things, and it was Petrificus totalis. That's right. Oh no, those are giant dogs. It was one dog with three heads. What if our puppy had three heads? I would scream and say, okay, put that one back and get a different one. That's like Leia. Yeah, but but that one is Leia, just with three heads. You wouldn't just pet all the heads and let all of the faces lick you? We have, we have a chihuahua, by the way. Yeah. Chihuahua, she's smaller. Mm-hmm. And, and my grandma got her sister. That's right. What's her name? Millie. That's right. Yeah, we got sister dogs. Um, the and one. when I go down to Grandma's, she lives in the same apartment building, and we and we bring Leia down either on her leash or we carry her down. Yeah, that's true. That's all. That's all true. So we're learning all about Quidditch right now. So do you remember? Oh, they just said all the names of the positions. Can you remember them? No. Okay, so Harry is the... Is the what? Seeker. Seeker. Right, and then there's the chasers. And he's the chaser. And they have to take the ball and throw it through the hoops, right? But, the seek- but what's the seeker? Well, we're going to get back to that. And then the beaters are the ones that are the magic balls that fly at people, and they have to slap the balls away. Oh. Yeah. See? There you go. You better take this. And then the seeker just does that, right? The seeker has to catch something. What does he catch? The Quidditch ball. The, the golden snake. That's right. Well, I'm going to give the other thing a swat. And whack. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. So the one thing they don't really do in these movies is in the books, Oliver is very... Quidditch obsessed and in this movie he's just kind of a nice kid who teaches him how to play Quidditch and then there is a ball called the Golden Snitch yeah we we know about that <gasps> Daddy has one yes we we already went over all this remember <laughs> we're going to take pictures and the whole deal yeah we're going to take pictures <laughs> see there it is yeah, and Daddy has it with the wings. Yeah, I got one as a uh, Christmas present this year. I like this bowl. And at the end, we'll just take pictures of all the Harry Potter things we have, wizard yeah. things, everything. You just want to do a, you just want to do a, like a photo shoot, right? No. Yeah. Yeah, except holding all our stuff. <gasps> Oh, that reminds me of something. A hmm. Christmas present that I got was like a little helicopter, but but it flies over your hands. Yes, she got a little drone thing. And I got a little scared of it. I why were you, why were you, oh, yeah, you were scared of her to hurt you. But it doesn't hurt. But it whacked me. Yeah, but it didn't hurt. It hit your little brother in the face, and it didn't hurt him. No, it whacked me in the wrist. Yeah, well, what do you think's worse, the wrist or the face? <laughs> okay, now what's that? What's that spell? Oh. Please be careful, Abby. Okay. Okay. 
King. What's this one? Wingardium Leviosa. Good job. You're going to take someone's eye out. Must be very weird to just be sitting in the background and constantly having to do that while people are actually acting and doing the scenes. Just an interesting little crossover. Um, obviously, in this movie, Harry Potter fights a troll. But way back in the day, 11 years before this came out, uh, there was the movie Troll, which featured a character named Harry Potter who casts spells and fights trolls. Uh, they asked J.K. Rowling about that. She denies any connection to it, and I believe that because, I mean, it was just a B, an American B movie. I don't even think that it was something that would have shown up on her radar, but uh, I think that's hilarious because then that also just kind of leads to a little bit of connection to one of the worst best or best worst movies of all times troll 2 so and we're totally going to do that one day we've talked about it a few times we're going to find a good time to fit that in maybe next halloween write us in and we'll think about it and there's some halloween pumpkins yeah how would you if you could do magic how would you decorate for certain holidays so how would you decorate for christmas I would put a bunch of Santas in the air, and mm, I'll put some snowmen on the walls. Yeah. Like real snowmen magically put on the walls, or just some posters and pictures? Real snowmen. Excellent. And then that guy, Mm -hmm. I told you... That, um, I, I would, you would, I wouldn't ruin the surprise for you, and, and I, and I would, um, show, um, uh, I would, um, it would show you towards the end. And I wouldn't find the surprise. So you're just, te- you're just teasing that something's up? Yes. 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 And then, oh, no, Snape again. Yeah, he's up to something. And stay alert. And the, the boy who said that, do you know who that was? No. That was Percy Weasley. That was Ron Weasley's older brother. Chris Columbus said due to a lot of the issues he had while uh, making Home Alone 1 and 2 that he would never again cast kids that had stage parents. Uh, So during the audition process of this one, they were actually very uh, keen on filtering those kinds of folk out. And I think it shows because when you hear about all these kids, like you haven't heard about any of them, you know, getting all strung out or any of that kind of stuff. They've all gone on to kind of meaningful lives one way or the other after this uh especially like the main ones you'd think they'd all be coke addicts by now but it's one thing in all movies i there's so many fantasy movies that have trolls in them and they all interpret them so differently and it's really interesting to kind of see all of them i'd like to actually like have a a graphic line them all up and see what they all 
well, and all, everything for that matter. The goblins in this are different than the goblins in The Hobbit, for example. And the trolls in this are different than the trolls in Lord of the Rings. And all kind of, and the elves and everything, right? They're just seen so differently. And it's kind of interesting to see how everybody decides to describe them. I'm trying to get Hermione. Yeah. Well, because some people don't like to go to the bathroom when other people are in there, too, so you got to club them. Yeah. Club them. You get out of there and say, I, I get pee shy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> you think that was the best way to, uh, that was the best way to fight the trolls by sticking the wand up his nose? No. Except that was a piece of wood. See, I told you, the move, we were, we were talking about doing spells and doing the moves are just important as saying the words, right? Right. So if he did that wrong, Harry would have just gotten squashed by a troll, and then we wouldn't have any more movies to talk about. Right. Yeah. Because then that would just be, because then Harry wouldn't be in there, and it's called Harry Potter. That's right. That means you and I would have to start doing, like, Jean-Claude Van Damme movies or something. Right, and it would be, and it would probably be called, like, um, I don't know, called <laughs> something, someone else's name. Yeah. And... Who's, <laughs> you don't like the boogers? <laughs> If you had to name this story after anybody else, who would you name it after? Hey gang, this one might sound a little bit different, but I had to use my phone because I actually forgot to fill a few of these gaps. Oh no! Eh? What? If you could, if you had to rename this and not make it Harry Potter, which character would you name it after? Hermione. Hermione. She's arguably the most useful person in the entire series, so that's probably... I would call it The Adventures of Dumbledore. Adventures of Dumbledore. Adventures. Adventures of Dumbledore. Yeah. Gryffindor. You should be Gryffindor. Gryffindor. <laughs> Hello, Gryffindor. <laughs> um, I think you should be being Gryffindor. <laughs> All right, they just got some house points. Whew. That's true. Do you think you can take on a troll? I don't know. With all the magic you know? And I'm, I'm telling you, I know who that was. This one must have hurt. Uh, Tim Roth was actually Warner Brothers' high choice to play Severus Snape, but he ended up turning down the role so he could star in uh, Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes, which we all know how well that turned out. Uh, But the uh, kicker is that also allowed J.K. Rowling to have her pick, which was Alan Rickman, be in the movie. And I mean, it was 
a gigantic role for Alan Rickman. I don't know that Tim Roth would have done a bad job with it, but I can't picture anybody but Rickman and his voice now doing that role. Uh, so I'm really happy it turned out that way, but I bet you Tim Roth isn't. So we know how this story ends, but does it, all this seems to make sense. Like what they're saying makes sense, eh? What they think the plan is? Yeah. Yeah? That's Snape. Do you think it's because Snape has like really dark hair that makes him seem so sp- suspicious? Maybe. <gasps> and Harry Potter has a gift. Yeah. The... Uh, the, um, one of the more well-known things in the, uh, Harry Potter universe, Alan Rickman was told everything about his character. Like, he knew what was going to happen to his character at the end of the books, even though the books hadn't been written yet, because it was going to help inform his character. So he actually knew one of the biggest secrets in the entire story before it was, before anybody... In the entire world, other than J.K. Rowling. And he has an owl. Mm -hmm. Owl. Yeah, and, um... And now for Quidditch. And now it's time for some Quidditch. Um, We'll take a moment... No, we're not going to be quiet ever during the podcast, Abby. There's no version of the podcast where you are quiet for several minutes while people don't don't hear anything. Right, it was to watch it in the movie. Yeah, well, honey, we're watching the movie, but other people are not watching the movie, right? Some people, hopefully, are watching the movie along with us. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. But I do want to talk for a moment about um, J.K. Rowling, who wrote this while, you know, going through some hardships in her own life. She was a single mom trying to, you know, do her best and make some money and... uh, she had this story in her head, and she wrote it down, and she actually managed to get it published, and nobody really believed in it, because it counted as a kid's book, and they're like, oh, kid's books don't sell. And to the point where her name is Joanne Rowling, and they were like, you need to hide that, because people don't buy kid's books from women. And, and now let's do some quench. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And anyway, so I'm trying to teach you a lesson here, Abby, about uh, about being a strong woman. Uh, she, you know, went anyways, and she changed her name to J.K. Rowling. And the well, one didn't change it, but she just wrote her name down as J.K. Rowling. And then people loved the book, and then they find out, hey, it's this it's this lady who you know wasn't famous or anything like that, and she wrote one of the biggest uh, series of books of all time. Yeah. Right? And she's a gigantic inspiration, and she continues to be with all the, um... Then that's the Golden Snitch. Yeah. With all her charities and all that stuff, she is quite a lady. So you have to be at least as good as her, okay? Yeah. So you have to write uh, something that makes you millions and millions of dollars so you can give me some of it, okay? No. Yeah, you gotta write a story about something. No, uh, I'm not giving the money. Well, you don't have to give it all to me. Just enough. <gasps> just enough? Just enough for me to retire. That's most of it. That's most of it? Well, you don't know. If I got billions and billions, I'll give you three dollars. <laughs> wow, thanks for nothing. <laughs> I, I like that their scoring system is the most, like, archaic thing in the world, given the fact that they're magic. 
I would have expected a giant, like, magical sign above them all. So yeah, this idea of doing fillers and stuff like that, it's kind of new. So uh, if you like it or if you don't like it, email in uh, podcast at miscastcommentary.com and let us know your opinions about it. Back to the show. I do not want Slytherin to win. No? Why not? Because Slytherin is mean! They've got great chasers, though. I have I have uh, some of them on my uh, fantasy Quidditch team. You have Quidditch. So there is uh, the actor again we were talking about. I honestly thought when I first saw this that that was a girl. But then when I found out that that was Magnitude, I obviously changed my tune. I feel like it's unnecessary to have a goalie in this sport, or as they call it, a keeper. Or as I call it, a keeper, of course. Why would you call it a keeper, of course? A keeper, of course. It's looking and keeping course of the game. What? That doesn't make, none of that made sense. (laughs) You need to learn sports, kid. I learn sports. I play soccer. That's true, and you are a good soccer player. And she scored at the end of this season, scored her first and second goals. Mm -hmm. And Daddy missed them both because the song Cats in the Cradle was on, and I had to be elsewhere. I was at work. That would hurt a lot. Once yeah. it scared you, and then you're hooked. Well, the problem is um, that nobody is very careful in the magical world because they know that magic can heal them, like, right away. So everybody's always breaking their arms and stuff like that. Arms, legs, legs. Oh. All kinds of stuff. Glasses, even. Whoa. He's going to get bucked off that like a Bronco. They have something called a mechanical bowl, Abby, which is like that. You get on top of it, and it's like a rodeo thing, and then it, people control the bowl and try and toss you off of it. So Harry Potter did really big box office, making over $317 million domestic uh, for this movie, and domestic, U.S. domestic, not British domestic. But it was number one for the first three weeks, and it was uh, number two on that fourth week. Uh, dropped to number four, and then, but it stayed in the top five for six of the first eight weeks that it was there so i mean that's pretty good and it only went to six after that uh but it stayed all through 2002 all through may it was still in the theaters which is gigantic for a movie nowadays um i can't think of anything else like that but uh the first week that it was open i'm just bringing it up here it beat things like Monsters, Inc., Shallow Howl, Domestic experience, uh, domestic Disturbance. I don't know what that is. But, uh, it, you know, it was up against a good lot of family things, especially a Pixar movie that it beat right off the bat. Oh. He is on fire. He didn't even notice. Yeah. Well, you got big robes on. It takes a while before the fire gets to you to a point where you actually get that you're on fire. Yeah, he's just, like, standing there like, I'm not on fire. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, no, I'm no problem. Yeah. And then, oh no, I'm on fire. I'm on fire. It's no big deal. (laughs) It's no big deal. 
It is a big deal. Why? Why is it a big deal? Why is it a big deal that I'm on fire? Because it's hot. Oh. Hot. I can burn. So let's make let's make uh, hot dogs. No. And I think I get the joke. Because we got a dog, and it's hot, so we can make a hot dog. No, that's not the joke. You made up that joke before. Well, you didn't make up that joke, but you said that joke earlier. But I don't know what any what fire has to do with being a dog that is hot. Mm. Unless we light our dog on fire. Should we do that? No! No? Man. You don't let me eat the cats. You don't let me eat the dog. Daddy! She got it. All right. Ooh, Gryffindor wins. Gryffindor. We're doing. Gryffindor. We're doing a choreographed dance. No, I'm not. Well, okay. No, I'm, contro- I'm making... controlling your arm to make it do the and same the... thing my arm is doing. And he says to me, "Don't control Reese," and he controls me. I do control you because I'm in control. No. And you are. You can't. And you're not strong oh. enough to pick up your little brother. That's the problem. Yes, I am. I can pick him up. Well, not very well without dropping him on his head. <laughs> No, I can pick him up. It's easy. It's not easy. He weighs almost as much as you. <laughs> no, he weighs more than me. He's more dense than iron. While Crab and Goyle have limited dialogue through the whole series, they have no dialogue in this movie. They've just got a couple of shots that they're in. And I kind of think of that as like a dream job, like being the third string quarterback for a Super Bowl winning team. It's pretty sweet. He's got a lot of weird pets. Mm-hmm. Like owls and toads. No, he's got hippogriffs and dragons and oh. all that kind of good he stuff. He likes dragons. Yeah, he does. We learned about some dragons, eh? Yesterday we were watching a thing about Komodo dragons, right? Oh, I don't like those. Yeah, you didn't like them. Because you yeah, whatever that thing was that looked like a deer, it ate it really handily. She's learning about the uh, realities of nature, and she watched the snakes chase down a uh, chase down a bunch of baby uh, lizards. lizards, and she was not happy about no um, iguanas. And I don't like that. John Williams actually wrote the music for the trailer without ever having seen the movie. He just knew how long he had to make it, and he just made it. So he didn't see a frame of film before that happened. Uh, He's only ever done that one other time, and that was for Hook, which, uh, also beautiful music. And that is a Christmas tree covered in snow. And he's dragging it in snow. Well, yeah. The snow will melt, right? Oh, but it, but in there is magical, so it could be always cold. Yeah, well, no, but it's not magical snow. They're just oh, and that reminds me. That reminds that reminds me. Santa leaves his footprints of snow on either front front door. That's true. When Santa comes in, there's always some uh, some white footprints in our house. And every single reason. And this is Wizard's Chess, which has the same rules as regular chess, and I still need to teach you chess someday. But okay. our chess pieces won't break themselves when they get captured. You just take them off the board. So I don't know if that's boring for you or not, but it's a lot of fun. There used to be a game that I played uh, 
in computer class when I was young. It was battle chess, and it's basically wizard's chess, <laughs> where they would capture each other and then they would fight. You can see uh, Hermione there has really big teeth. Huh. And when when she talks, and that's because in the books she's described as having big teeth and a um, she's described as having big teeth and like frizzy hair and all that stuff. But she found it hard to talk with all that in, so she ended up uh, not using them for later movies. William Mosley also uh, auditioned for the role of Harry Potter, and if anybody uh, doesn't recognize that name, that's uh, Peter Pevensey from the Chronicles of Narnia, so he still got himself a book series out of the deal. You remember that they don't say, in England, they don't say Merry Christmas, they say Happy Christmas? Yeah. Yeah. And then, Merry Halloween! They don't say that. They say Happy Halloween. They don't just reverse it. Um, but... A lot of things they do reverse. They drive on the other side of the road. Yes. Yes. They call it oregano. No, or- <laughs> I don't know. Just... Oregano. Oregano, yeah. Instead of oregano. Uh-oh. So what's this gift he's just been given? Do you remember? No. What? We're going to find out. It's a special cloak. Nobody's very good at wrapping presents in this world. So they wrapped the broom to look exactly like a broom earlier, and that looks like it was wrapped in, like, aluminum foil. Let's name all the Weasleys. Arthur, Molly, Bill, Charlie, Percy, Ron, Ginny. Am I missing anybody? I don't think I'm missing anybody. I think I did it. Yeah, Percy Weasley. What would you do if you had an invisibility cloak? I would scream and just be invisible all the time and make it really easy to play hide and seek. There you go. You'd stand in the middle of the field and you just put that on and it's so hard for people to find you. That's a question I feel like that a, a person should be asked like once a year. Because you'll get a very different answer all the time. As we discussed in the show, there are times when there was a body double instead of forced perspective or something for Hagrid. And when the body double was there, he was actually wearing an animatronic head of Robbie Coltrane on set, which is terrifying to me. Uh, you never really get a good look at it, obviously, because they don't like that kind of thing to show, but it's actually at Universal Studios in London on display for anybody who wants to go see it. They're looking up the book for Nicholas Flamel, and we just found out uh, Nicholas Flamel, who they do currently talking about and you learned a lot about in this one is going to be in the newest fantastic beasts and where to find the movie yeah do you remember we watched that one it takes place 80 years before this movie no, and it and it follows the guy no i don't remember no then that yeah, the, uh, but anyways, yeah, so this, the oh. new one's going to feature Dumbledore and Nicholas. And remember Flamel, when I told you when, um, 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 when, remember when I told you, um, well, I think this is the part when I told you that. Um, I didn't want to ruin the surprise for you. No, we're nowhere near that. It's still what? like a, it's almost an hour away still. What? Yeah, this is a long movie, kid. 
This is like, okay, this is more than three hours. No, it's more than two hours. It is less than three hours. But probably like three hours. No, it's two and a half hours. This episode will be close to three hours. So it's half, like, it's one and a half hour already? Yeah. Good, good math. <laughs> the um, I do give this one credit, though. She's sat through some long movies. She's sat through the first four Harry Potter movies so far. She has, uh, she actually went to the theater to watch The Last Jedi, which is the longest Star Wars movie. And then Snape's just assuming something's there. He's just looking over and he's like, I'm assuming, assuming something's there. Oh, he may have felt something blow past him or something like that. That's what happens when you have long, flowy hair, right? You might feel something go by you. Like me. Mm-hmm. And uh, Filch there, uh, if you don't recognize him, uh, some listeners might recognize him from Game of Thrones. And the uh, infamous Red Wedding. Or the beginning of this season where that got done in reverse. <laughs> spoiler alert. Yeah, that was a spoiler alert. Well, I'm really sorry, but you're not going to see Game of Thrones for another 15 years if I have my way. I don't know. <laughs> so. I know, I know, I know. Yes. Do you remember what this mirror is? What do you want so much? That's right. I don't think they call it the mirror of Erised, not the mirror of what do you want so much. (laughs) (laughs) But do you remember why it's it's the mirror of Erised? I don't know. Because Erised backwards is desire. The uh, ceiling in the Great Hall is completely CG in the movie. There's never a time when you just see any of this, the actual uh, roof because it's uh, all stage lighting. It's a it's an old lighting grid and stuff like that, so they had to CG over it, and considering all the animation they had to do with the little special things anyways, there was no point. And now he's seeing his mom and dad. Yes, that's right. And that's what he wants the most. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, he died. they died when he was a baby, and he just wants to know them, right? Right. If you were him, knowing me, know, knowing what you know about me, would you want to know me still? Yeah. Yes! Did <laughs> it. Nailed it. High five. No. Oh. <laughs> so you didn't want to know me that bad. Yes, I did. All right. I just didn't want to high five you that bad. Oh. Tom Felton, who plays Draco Malfoy in the movie, actually originally auditioned to play both Harry and Ron at different points, and they liked him so much and liked his look for the role of Draco, which obviously his face and everything lends himself. I mean, it's hard to say that a child looks like a, you know, like a jerk, but what are you going to do? Uh... I'm sure he heard it plenty of times, which is really unfortunate, but that's just kind of how fans are. And this movie, I really like, for some reason. You, yeah, you like this for some reason? So the sign that's on the uh, mirror 
says Erised stra eru oit ube kafru oit on wosi. Which, if you read it backwards, says, I show you not your face, but your heart's desire. Mm. So, if you were to look in that mirror, what would you see? Mm. What do you think? I don't know. You don't know nothing? You don't have a greatest desire? Why don't that Santa would come every year? What's that? Every Santa would come every single year. Well, he does come every year. Every single year. He does come every single year. <laughs> the same day every year. He hasn't missed one yet, has he? No. <laughs> so what about um, that my room could be clean every time? Like That's my greatest clean- desire. And 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 when I'm done playing with things, it would just clean it up for me. That's pretty good. Usually, your greatest desire is a candy house. <laughs> and that if I could make two. What's that? If I would, if I could make two, if I could make one, it would be a candy house. Yes. She's come up with a lot of plans. Tell us about your candy house and the things you want in your candy house. Um. Well, it's it's just, I want the candy house to be just like what we live in, except all made out of candy. Okay, so what are the pillows made out of? Marshmallows. Nice, and what are the blankets made out of? Gummy bears. Mm-hmm. And what are the couches made of? Mm. Marshmallows. More marshmallows. <laughs> what are the tables made out of? Rockets. Rockets? In the States, in the U.S., you guys call them Smarties. Smarties here are a chocolate. And so there was discrepancies. We couldn't name two things the same thing. So, so Smarties there, Rockets here. I would have used chocolate to make the tables. Maybe it's me being not very creative because we have a chocolate brown table. But... Yes. What would the TV be mad out of? Hmm... Maybe just some hard candies. Okay. What would come out of the sink? Um, Milkshakes. Nice. (laughs) See, that's what I'm talking about. (laughs) Abby, careful. See what happens? See how loud that is? You break the microphone if you do that. You can't be super loud into the microphone, okay? All right. Okay, thank you. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. <gasps> of course it is. Yes. Of course it is. So there's a bit of the Quidditch stadium there. Uh, everybody went out of their way to make all the kids look as described in the books, so they would give people contact lenses, and like they said, they uh, gave Hermione buck teeth, but they abandoned most of that when it was just too uncomfortable for the kids for the later movies, and it didn't matter. This is my favorite movie that spends so much time in the library. Mm-hmm. Spends so much time. Doctor Strange is up there, too, but this is... Well, the Harry Potter series. This and is this is called The Philosopher's Stone. And That's right. She just said... Said Philosopher's Stone. She did. 
So get the joke, philosopher's stone. What's the joke? Nothing. <laughs> you weirdo. <laughs> but yeah, um, we, obviously, we've been calling it the philosopher's stone the entire time, and most Americans would know it as the sorcerer's stone. I don't really know why that was the case, but I mean, the book, when it came out, was the philosopher's stone. It got renamed He in the States. Uh, not in Canada, not in most places in the world. I don't know. Maybe the word philosopher right. is metric. And but, uh, for a candy house, um, it would, um, the walls, the walls would be, um, and bricks would no. be, and walls, bricks, walls, um, would be made out of gingerbread. Gingerbread. Mm. So it is called a gingerbread. So it's a gingerbread house, house not a candy house. I gotta commend you guys. This is a really long movie, and uh, you're making it. And so are we. And so is my daughter. Pretty proud, gotta say. Feeling time, though, so, you know. I love listening to British people talk, and then any excuse when you have, like, a movie that has, like, 400 characters in it, and they're all British, that makes me very happy. Everyone's British. <laughs> British. British man. British man. <laughs> I just ruined her... I ruined her British. Gryffindor. Yeah. Gryffindor. Gryffindor. Well, I think he made soup. Oh, looks like he's hatching something. He's like, ooh. Looks very similar to the ostrich egg I just saw yesterday where I was watching an Iron Chef classic battle. And I hatched unicorns. You did hatch a unicorn, that's right. Two unicorns. Yeah, and a couple of giraffe baby hatchimal things. Yeah, it, it went so fast. And the instructions said... Well, that's not how it happened. And <laughs> the instructions said, um, keep your face away from it while it's hatching. Yes. And... and uh, I was like hugging it, and and Auntie, and Auntie said it's starting to hatch. It's starting to hatch. I was like, what? And I looked. I was like, oh no, my face was near it because <laughs> it because p- pieces pop out, and I named it them Lillian and Soya. Yeah. Norbert, is that a good name for a dragon? No. What would you call a dragon? Dragon. See again, you're so not good at naming things. No. What do you name your kitty? Kitty. <laughs> what will you? And when you gave me the Minecraft pig, uh, I was telling you what name it will be, and and then he was like, "What name is it be? Piggy. Piggy." And then he said, "What name is it gonna be? Piggy." Yeah, it was like the world's worst. Who's on first? <laughs> Uh-oh. It's bad, all right. Great. Yeah, he does like telling on people. It's one thing I'll say. These kids all grew up to be, like, very good-looking people, and that was a gigantic danger, because you never know what people are going to look like on the other side of puberty. I'm going to make this a very quick commercial for a very just random idea of a thing. So here it is. Shoes.
Would you like to have the kind of detention that they give out in Hogwarts? And if you had 55 points and took away 50, you would only have 5 points. Congratulations on the successful math yet again. But <laughs> but would you want to go on the types of uh, detentions that they go on? Detentions. See, this is how you know you've got a good kid. But uh, the uh, detention is when you're kept after school for some kind of punishment. Usually, if you're not being if you're not being good. But these ones, look at, they used to send you to the dungeons and torture you, but now they have to go and they're going to go work in the forbidden forest and hunt for something that's attacking unicorns. <gasps> Yeah. I like unicorns. And we just finished watching Despicable Me 3, which was very pro-unicorn, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and this, um, said, was just, I, um, she went into a house without asking, some kind of house, and then, and then someone told her, um, in the crooked forest, that, is the only place where unicorns still live, and then Agnes screamed, and then the next hey, day she. Hey, remember the thing when we you told me to not talk about other movies and talk about this movie? Oh, you you brought it up. I brought it up, but I didn't say quick. Tell the entire story of what happened. <laughs> right. Right. I made a, what's called a reference. Reference. Which reference. is. <laughs> Reference. Reference. What is that? When you, is that when you mention a dog? <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm tough on the graphics in this movie, but Chris Columbus himself was also not really happy about them. They felt kind of rushed because of the quick production time and all that sort of thing. Uh, they did work to improve them for the next movie, and I mean, they only got better and better from movie to movie. But they still were nominated for a BAFTA award for best uh, graphics. So they made this forest particularly spooky looking to be the Forbidden Forest. Forbidden? Yes. You know what forbidden means? No. It means you can't, like, you're not allowed in there. Can't go there. I forbid you to go there. Oh. Ew. This unicorn blood. Looks exactly like how you enter, how uh, you discover you're inside the Matrix. It's I would have assumed that unicorn blood was cotton, liquid cotton candy. Yeah. <laughs> or liquid candy. Liquid candy? Just, well, yeah. Yeah, sure. Just Kool-Aid. Some good purple Kool-Aid. Purple Kool-Aid? No, <laughs> it could be, like, um, purple cotton candy. It could be anything. It could be. Does it have to be purple? He's a bloody coward. It's a big dog. It's got all the flaps. I don't like dogs like that because they're so drooly. You actually have to carry around a slobber rag so that you like wipe up all the spit that just keeps like running down their face. Oh. Ew. You don't want dog spit all over you. Trust me. The whole platform nine and three quarters thing was technically a mistake because J.K. Rowling thought that that was where the inner city trains were but that's actually on the other side so they shot 
on platforms four and five, which I, which was actually more along the lines of where she wanted them to be. So just so you know, when you go to platform nine and three quarters and take your picture with it, that's not where they shot it. So you must feel pretty foolish. Again, with they should have taught them Lumos at this point, so they could use that instead of carry around a a lantern. Oh, his head hurts. Do you do you remember why Harry's head would hurt? No, I do not. Harry's head hurts when he's close to Voldemort. He is close to Voldemort. Yeah. And this is one of those things, this is very much like Lord of the Rings, where they hadn't designed, uh, they hadn't designed Gollum at the, at the early point, like in the first movie. So he looks different when you see him, and they don't let you kind of see him up close or anything like that. This one, you get to see his teeth for a second, and then he's all covered up other than that. And obvi- for obvious reasons that we're not going to spoil as well, you will. <laughs> they, they keep him covered up. Uh-oh. Got a good old-fashioned centaur. Do you remember what a centaur is? Half human, half horse. That's right. Good job. That's right. Good job. And this is one you read about it. This is Ferenz. Ferenz. The horse. And he's very... He's very proper. He's a very tall guy, too, right? Yep. I'm going to take a little bit of credit for the ability at the uh, Wizarding World to do magic using a wand at certain things because I thought that up actually years before. Uh, of course, nobody actually heard that. I drink unicorn blood. Ew. That's good. It tastes like Pepsi. No, it doesn't. It does. It tastes like candy, but it's good. He's learning a lot. Look at all the roots of those trees. This is a terrifying thing. I hope they're on the soundstage. Just some more Tom Felton audition news. Uh, He actually hadn't read any of the books or hadn't been kind of brought up to speed on any of them. And when uh, Chris Columbus was talking to the kids about their favorite parts in the books, he literally just copied what the previous person said. And he's like, uh, the part of Gringotts. And Chris Columbus said he saw through it right away, but he kind of liked that he was being sneaky and that sort of thing, and it helped actually get him the role. You get to, uh, in the books, you get to learn more about Ferenz, because he actually becomes a teacher at one point. Ferenz? Ferenz. Ferenz? Ferenz. Yes. I love Friends. Ross, Rachel, everybody. Great. Okay, let's do another speed challenge. We're going to name as many teachers as we can. Uh, Dumbledore, McGonagall, Snape, Flitwick, um, Quirrell, Lupin, Moody, uh, Umbridge, Ferenz, Professor Trelawney. I'm missing a bunch, I know. I don't know. Okay, that's plenty. Okay, I don't have to just... I'm not dancing monkey for you am i i hope not because i mean well i guess that is essentially what i'm doing isn't it i'm actually doing this like so we need to fill gaps they seem to know a lot about voldemort like that people won't even say his name but they people won't even say voldemort's name but the uh but like everybody seems to have like know a lot of stories about him and stuff even the kids 
you think because all their parents won't even tell stories, then the teachers won't tell stories, that nobody would know anything. Something you might not know, uh, child actors, when they uh, do movies, they still have to do schoolwork on set, and they're only allowed to work so many hours in a day. Yeah. So they actually have to all go to school together, and uh, and they have tutors on set and stuff like that. So they have to do school. They have to do their schoolwork while while also doing the movie. Do you want to do that? Pardon? Do you want to do that? Do what? Be in be in movies and then have to do schoolwork at the same time. No. No. Do you want to be in movies? Yes. You want to be a movie star? Okay, if there's any... Uh, I know we got a lot of uh, California folk who uh, can make her dreams come true. If anybody wants to put her in a movie, like I said... No, go... I don't want to. I, you don't want to? All right, well, then put me in a movie, and then Abby can do whatever her dream is later. But somebody, somebody make us famous. Make us famous. Make us famous. All right, we're done with that. <laughs> oh, we've just uh, we've riled up our dog. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> She's kind of going bananas now. She walked her like crazy. Yeah, that's all right. And maybe the pictures later we can hold her in it. Yeah, we'll put. Yeah, we'll show her off in the pictures. I'm still not understanding what's going on. You notice there's a ghost there writing something. Is she taking a test or is she? Yeah. Is she grading papers? I don't know what's going on. I'm so sure some like uber nerd out there will go. Well, if you read this line in this book, then you'll know that that's a teacher who teaches this class, and they're just doing something here. Blah blah. Oh. Maggie Smith. She has the best. She has the best. How dare you face in the world? I would never want to make her upset. So think about British people. I think they're always so used. Yeah, they're always so used to being, uh, like blown away about something that their eyes are always sticking out. Past fluffy. Oh, things are fluffy. I like fluffy. Yes. You like Fluffy with the giant three-headed dog? No. But I like fluffy things. What fluffy things do you like? Fluffy unicorns. Well, unicorns aren't fluffy. They're like horses. But the fluffy unicorns that I hatched are actually fluffy. Well, they're fuzzy. They're not fluffy. Fluffy is like really poofy and they have a lot of hair, right? Was it fluffy? I don't know if it's just the way they shoot him or if he's got contacts in or whatever, but it looks like he has no color in his eye, Snape. It looks like it's completely black. I assume it's just the way they're shooting him. Just between you and me, if I could do any spell in the world, I'd probably make it for like doing dishes or something like that. I need it to be something kind of innocuous so I can, you know, just sit after dinner. Is that too much to ask? Sure. That's Neville's toad. Those are not the best jammies for a wizard. No. No. If you had to go to Hogwarts, which of your jammies would you bring with you? My panda ones. You got panda? Yeah, your panda onesie? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a, that's the spell you learned. Say it again. Petrificus. Yeah. 
to the tallest. Good job. That's a hard one to say. I give you a lot of credit. Petrificus totalis. Wonderful. And what does that spell do again? Makes them freeze and go over like a That's piece right. of wood standing. That's right. Like petrified wood. Petrificus petrified. See? See what I did? <laughs> See what I did there? See what I did there? It seemed... It seems to me like it's not big enough for three people to hide under that cloak. Seemed like it was just the right size for him. You know, and on top of spells I'd want to have, I'd also have one that would like automatically warm up the car. Because, quite frankly, you know, I'm Canadian. It gets cold. It's going to be minus 30 Celsius tomorrow. Ugh. Who doesn't like good old-fashioned magical heart music, right? Mm. No, you could take it or leave it. Oh, I don't know what you said, but I'm just not going to Oh, thanks. He's like, what? Why? <laughs> stay sleeping, stay sleeping. Uh, that is not how Leia sleeps. No. Sometimes she even, she's like on her side, except yeah. all... Her paws are in a cool, are 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 sticking together and yeah. and and touching me. Yeah, but again, you're also comparing what's probably like an eight hundred pound dog to a two pound dog, and the eight point hundred pound dog has three heads, right? Pardon? And the eight hundred pound dog has three heads. Yeah. Yeah. Uh oh. See, that's what I was talking about with the slobber earlier. The other dog with all the slobber. I don't want this dog slobber. Disgusting. Uh oh. Arr, 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 arr. Why did they give him a soft place to land if they're trying to, uh. You know, they're, tr they're trying to protect the stone. You'd think they'd give it, have this a hard place to land. So anybody who did come down here would end up breaking a leg or something. Unless they did the right magical spells. Resto momentum. Even I feel like a power nerd when I know the right spells to use in this situation. So yeah, just a reminder to make sure to uh, go to our Instagram page at Miscast Commentary and our Twitter page at Miscast Podcast and our Facebook page. And we're going to post those uh, photos that we took of Abby and I and our Harry Potter swag. And uh, she was very insistent on the dog being involved, so the dog's involved. Uh, so anybody who's been on our uh, feeds before has seen the dog before in a much smaller form, in teeny tiny puppy form. Now she's just teeny tiny sort of dog. And I mean, I guess that's still interesting, right? But you know, you you want forever puppies. Somebody go get me one of those forever puppies. I think that's a thing now, or was that just in Boss Baby? Well, anyways, email in. Tell me if there's real ones. I don't remember that part being Lumos uh, Salem. Okay. I guess that's like sunlight. Give it sunlight. Yeah. So now we're learning stuff. I just knew Lumos. You know, I tell you my favorite candy that I like to eat when I'm watching movies, it's a combination of those gummy cola bottles and Sour Patch Kids. Sweet and sour, baby.
He's like, lucky we didn't panic. Yeah. And he did panic. I know. Well, that's the whole idea, right? That's the joke. See, that's how you use that's the joke. It's not a joke. Those are keys. Mm-hmm. Oh. oh, good mine. Birds. Mm-hmm. They're keys. They're not birds. They're keys. Okay, everybody hide. listen to how she nails the British accent. Hire her for your movies. Yeah, you're getting put in movies. I'm gonna be that dad now. I'm no. a show. I'm a showbiz dad. I'm gonna keep all your money. No, I'm gonna keep my money. No, well, I get. To, I'm, as, I'm gonna be your manager, so I get ten percent. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm that's... not giving you my money. Well, you have to. Otherwise, we're gonna have to hire a lawyer for fifteen percent. You're not gonna. No. Be a, right? Forget about it. Forget about it. Movie star. No. Yeah. No. You don't have to do it forever. Just do a couple of really big movies that you'll make residuals on for the rest of your life, and then you can do whatever you want. No. Yep. No. You know, it's crazy to think that the people making this movie didn't really know what was going to happen in the future with it, only J.K. Rowling and then a little bit of Alan Rickman, but uh, everything else was just up in the air for the rest of the cast. Oh, that would be hard. That would be very hard. But they are just keys. It's not like they're biting him. He just has to make sure he holds on to the one that he wants. Oh, he's gonna get it. He's gonna get it. I don't know why they made the one that flew the worst be the right one. You'd figure it would be the one that would fly the best and be the hardest to catch. And it's funny that they basically invented a sport for him to be amazing at just so he could catch this key but the sport is more popular than this scene so much so that actual schools you can go and play quidditch right and we've been at this part in the video game yes we did do that in the video games daddy but, was the one yes but the um but yeah if you go to actual colleges and stuff like that people run around and they play quidditch they do. They just don't fly on brooms and stuff. It's just all done on the ground and people mm-hmm. run around. Because cause I just really wanted another broom, but they're not liking me. We've given you, we gave you a magic broom. No, I don't have the, a broom. The, then the dog peed on it. Remember your shimmer and shine broom. Not shimmer and shine. We have Oh, which one was that then? Not Shimmer and Shine, you're right. Hazels. Yeah, from, what's the name of the show? Little Charmers. Yes. There we go, it's all the same. <laughs> no, it's, it's not. All the same. I work in children's television, they are literally all Shimmer the same. Shimmer and Shine are genius. Yes, I knew, and yes. And they right on the broom? No. Well, Abby, I just mixed up the shows because they're all the same, like, they look the same, they're the same colors, it's, it's all the same stuff. No. Yeah. Which makes it not the same. Who I really feel sorry for is the person who had to make each individual wand. There's like, what, like 16,000 characters in this and everybody has their own wand. Now you, the toy companies are making replicas of all of them, so I'm sure they're having fun too. I don't think it's a good game for three people to play. 
That should be fine. He, they're just all following what he does. I feel really bad for them. At least he has something to, uh, at least he has something to block him. If it's he's going to get hit, the other people just have to walk. So as we discussed, J.K. Rowling hadn't released all the books. Only the first four books had come out by the time this movie had come out. And that's the big reason that she was kept on as a consultant, because not only did they want to make sure that they were getting things accurate to the book, but they wanted to make sure that they weren't contradicting any of the books to come out still. How does they know which one? How does the piece know that he's talking specifically to it? He just said, you there. Oh. Uh-oh. Do you want to play wizard's chess with me? Yeah. All right. So we'll play regular chess, and then when I get a piece, I'll hit you with a chair. No. No? All right. Then we won't play wizard's chess. We'll just play regular chess. Smash. This is a very destructive and wasteful game. Because that means the next time you want to play, you have to get all new pieces. I guess they're magical. They could probably fix all their pieces if they wanted to. This is like, you remember the big chessboard that they have at the mall? Yeah. Yeah. It would be like that, except if you smashed all the pieces every time. <laughs> and sometimes we make mazes. Sometimes you make me. Well, you've never played chess on it. You've only made mazes or just stacked them all in a row. I don't know if this matters to anybody, but it was a big number to me. Uh, throughout the filming of all eight movies, uh, Daniel Radcliffe went through 160 different pairs of glasses. I don't know if that's because some needed lenses and some didn't, and he broke some and whatever, but that's just a lot of glasses. He's got decisions to make. And it's hard. If you're not on top of the board, you got to be up here looking down to see what's going on. Uh-oh. He's being very brave to get taken out like this. So something I literally just learned, apparently Nicholas Flamel was a real alchemist in the 1300s, and I guess a lot of movies have used him, uh, including uh, The Da Vinci Code and things like that. But uh, he's somebody who actually they, they genuinely believed, or believers believed, that he made the Philosopher's Stone. Is it true? You know how I know? Because his name's on the movie. Like we said, this is not Hermione Granger and the Philosopher's Stone. Or Ron Weasley. Or Ron Weasley and the Philosopher's Stone. You're still with us, eh? God, I really admire you guys. You're the best. Best fans ever. Because this, the next part of the book would be very boring then. Be, and then I was laying there, and then Harry did everything, and then the end. Right? Yeah. We could read that a hundred times. Yeah, it'd be a very quick book. It'd be sm it'd be quicker than Green Eggs and Ham. Which, by the way, anybody who hasn't read a uh, Dr. Seuss in a long time, go back. They are notoriously long books. And then... They, they feel like reading Lord of the Rings. A lot of unnecessary poetry. <laughs> So a little background on the whole uh, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone versus Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. It was literally something that just Scholastic, the U.S. publisher, just wanted to change for some reason, despite the fact that everybody else called it the Philosopher's Stone and nobody really seemed to mind that. I don't know if it's just because they wanted to really nail home the fact that magic was going on. I don't know. But uh, apparently 
J.K. Rowling gave the okay to do it. And as a result, they actually had to shoot everything. So every time you hear in the U.S. version, they say the Sorcerer's Stone in the Canadian, British, and whatever other versions, it says the Philosopher's Stone. They actually had to shoot everything twice because of that. All because Scholastic just wanted to make a little bit of a change. And J.K. Rowling didn't really feel... At that point, I mean, she was just happy to publish her book, so she didn't really feel up to fighting that for no particular reason. I would have sent the message to Dumbledore first, because you know what he could have done? What? Solved this whole problem immediately. <laughs> right? Oh. They're friends. Aww. Oh, come on. Good times. Good times. Good friends. Something that was a little bit of a surprise to me, all the floating candles that you see in shots in the Great Hall when the shots are kind of going down on the Great Hall as opposed to going up to the ceiling are actually just uh, these candle things that are on rigs. They're not CG'd in or anything like that. They're actually just on wire and the wire's moving in just such a way that makes them look like they're floating. Okay, this is the part when I was, yeah. when I said I didn't want to. All the teasers, all the teasers led up to this moment. Okay, you going to make the big reveal? No. No, you just. Just speaking a little bit more to the whole British cast thing. Um, everybody, like I said, was pretty much born in England, except uh, Richard Harris was Irish. Zoe Wanamaker, who was the name of the uh, Quidditch teacher and Quidditch coach that I couldn't think of, uh, she was born in the States, but she had lived her whole life in Britain. Uh, Vern Troyer's from Michigan. Uh, Chris Columbus's daughter, Eleanor, actually plays Susan Bones in the sorting scene at the beginning. She's American, but she doesn't have a line. Uh, and then Emma Watson was technically born in France, again, British parents. So, I mean, they did a really good job at actually keeping this thing as British as humanly possible. Um, you know, we've already talked about Vern Troyer being the one exception. I think it's a very acceptable exception, especially since he didn't do his own voice. Oh, his head hurts. He's got a headache. Should take some Tylenol. Take some blue raspberry children's Tylenol. No. Oh, it's delicious. Well, yeah, because he's close to Voldemort. Uh-huh. I gave away this. How do I get him? Oh, who's that? So that's the voice of Voldemort, but not the voice of the guy who plays Voldemort later on, because he didn't get cast until the fourth movie. I just wanted to take a minute to uh, thank everybody for indulging me uh, uh, with having Abby here. It's uh, a lot of fun to be able to sit down with her and do this kind of thing. She has a blast doing it. I can't tell you guys enough. If I told her she could do this with me every week, she would be the happiest person in the world. And, you know, I use that to kind of keep Todd on a short leash. Just, I got a replacement here at any time. But, uh... Yeah, it means a lot to us, so uh, thank you guys for listening and supporting and all that good stuff. And, of course, these are the safe-for-work editions, but you'll, of course, you know, when you tune in next week, well, next time with Todd and all that, it's not safe-for-work anymore, so please don't think you're getting the family-friendly one every time, but this one means a lot to us, so thank you. Well, we're going to get your reveal, finally. Yeah.
the unwrapping. I actually felt really silly because I saw this movie before I read the books. And I felt really silly that I didn't see this coming, considering he was just wearing a turban for no reason. So, you've seen the fourth movie, so you know that Voldemort looks a lot different from this in the later movies. <laughs> but they can use it, they can use this as an excuse because he's just living on the back of somebody's head right now. Mm-hmm. Would you like it if I was living on the back of your head? No. Why not? Because you talk all the time. <laughs> I could be like, pass me a chicken wing. Give me a spicy chicken wing. And then people be like, what's that? What's that? I'm going to get your hair out of my face. That's it. <laughs> We're almost at the end. And I'll tell you, we don't go through the entire credits. So I'm going to give you that good piece of information right now. Ooh, they used the prophet and the proper and horrific death. I like that. Never. Never. I feel bad for the young poor actor now who just has to kind of like marginalize himself, but also move his head around to do like the acting for the character that he's not. I'll be honest. Um, having not read the books by the time I had seen this movie and obviously having not known really what Voldemort was going to be like moving forward and stuff like that I was kind of disappointed in this uh, version of a bad guy and I didn't really know how it was going to turn out but I mean as the movies got better like the next movie with Tom Riddle was good and then once Ray Fiennes came in it was just magic literally I was picturing it like a uh, like a whiskey stone or something. You put it in, and you let it steep for a minute, and then drinking it gives it a life, and then you put it back in the freezer. No! Oh, oh no, they're gone. Oh. He looks a lot like... I know you haven't seen the movie yet, though. He looks a lot like the like Judge Doom... In uh, Harry Potter, or not Harry Potter, in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, he's dressed the same. He's got the bald, and he was kind of bulgy-eyed for a minute there. Oh. And this reminds me of anybody who hasn't seen Lettered Six, the vegetarians who were the bad guys. Every time meat would touch them, they would burn. Which I assume is what happens in real life. Oh. See, Harry knows what happens. This is him, like, legitimately just murdering this guy. He made a decision. He can act as surprised as he wants, but he knows what was happening. Now he doesn't know where everything, anything is. Ugh. Poof. Poof. And now let's just rock. No. Teeny tiny sand rock. And the music we haven't talked about at all, but this is all uh, John Williams. Who did the Star Wars movies and the Indiana Jones movies and Superman and goes on and on and on he's Jaws one of the best to ever do it uh oh smoke demort poof nothing just got his just got his shirt dirty, but it was already ripped, so who cares? We'll never see him again. Yes. We will? We'll no, see. I'm like, yes, 
that we won't uh, see him again. Except we're going to see him From again. From here, the philosopher stone looks like, um... Jello? Yeah. Yes, it looks like a Jello cube to me, too. It was the flickering of the light made it look like it was jiggling. Those glasses sure do survive a lot. They look very cheap. If you were in the hospital, would you want that much candy sent to you? Yeah. Okay, I'll make sure to do that. You're I'll... crazy. <laughs> I'll tell you, uh, when I read the book to Abby, I try and do the characters as best I can. And this is the Dumbledore that I do. Because I feel like I'm just, like I'm just trying to be... Dumbledore? Yes. I, like, I feel like, like, doing anything else, I just sound like every other person <laughs> when I'm trying to speak. But if I do him and I do the little rasp, then Abby knows what I'm talking about, right? I'm too busy looking at the TV. I know, but maybe one day you'll understand what a podcast is. <laughs> I understand what a podcast is. Okay, it's a, po- a podcast is where two people talk to each other and listen to each other for the entire time. <laughs> for some ungodly reason, Chris Columbus wanted all of the food to be real in the uh, Great Hall scenes. So whenever you actually see the Great Hall scenes when they're eating in these, all that food is actually real food that's sitting out and these take multiple days to shoot so uh you would have every every couple of days they would swap out food but there was real ham and turkey and beef and all that stuff sitting on the table for a couple of days at a time and they said it would just start to stink to high heaven uh it was after that they started creating uh molds of food and things like that so that they wouldn't uh have to go through that pain again but Chris Columbus just had it in his brain that he absolutely wanted it to look like a real feast. And I don't know, maybe he forgot that you can use film techniques to make things look real when they're not real and make things look fake when they are real and every combination in between. So way to go, Chris. That was a giant waste of food, a giant waste of time, and you probably pissed off a lot of people. But hey. You're a successful filmmaker, and I'm making a free podcast. No, not a lightning bolt. If you had a scar on your face, what would you want it to be in the shape of? A unicorn. A unicorn? I would want mine to say, ACDC rules. I'm black. What about a picture, not... Any words? Oh, no words? Okay, I would want it to be the yin-yang symbol. Mm. No, something that I know. <laughs> so so we're breaking it down to just a unicorn. No. No. Something that I know. Well, what else do you know? A dinosaur, a fish, a cat. Those are boring. I guess I'll stick with the lightning bolt. You know what a lightning bolt is. Oh, but that's what Harry has. That's okay. You can have the same shape scar as somebody else. It's weird, but it's doable. Alright. Alright. Hey, alright. See, this, this is the the typical the typical stiff upper lip of the uh, of the Brits shown off in 11-year-olds. 
Oh no, Slytherin won. Slytherin won the House Cup, and there's nothing that can be done to change that. Right. Right? See, unless something is about to be done here. Uh, you can see, that's Warwick Davis in the corner there, who's playing Professor Flitwick. So he's playing two roles in this one. But uh, you notice when he's Professor Flitwick in the later movies that he doesn't have all that crazy makeup on his face, all the prosthetics and stuff like that. I think they just uh, realized that it wasn't necessary and they gave him like a mustache and that was pretty much it. And I bet you he was never happier about it. He may have been the reason that it happened because it would be awful to uh, have to go through all of that prosthetic makeup stuff to like for three or four hours before every shoot just to be in the background for well, a bunch of scenes. See, Slytherin has to have some good students. To, to get a lot of points like that, they have to be doing really well. Yeah. So, you're a good student. Maybe you are Slytherin. No. You're wearing more... You're wearing a lot of green right now. It's blue. Oh, the, the pants are kind of green. No, that's blue. And it's then, just very light blue. Okay, well, it looks kind of green. Well, then you're a Ravenclaw. Dun, 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 dun. All right, 50 points. Way to go, Hermione. Maybe you guys would be doing even better if you considered the fact that you lost all those points for sneaking out that night. See what I mean? Be a good student all the time. They wouldn't yeah. have... Then Dumbledore wouldn't have to give away all these fake points at the end of the year. Oh, there's our dog whining. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't I take some pictures with her? Yeah. Uh, Harold Potter. Oh, yeah. Do you have a lot of courage? Huh? Ooh. See, look, he's very specific point amounts. He's like, I'm just going to make them win by just a little bit. So it's not like I'm showing favoritism. Typical, typical Gryffindors all stick sticking together. If this had, if this had uh, master was a Ravenclaw, we would never have had this problem. Yeah, Neville puts him over the top. Did you know in the story, because there's a prophecy in the story that says a boy who was born at a certain time and all these things is going to be, is the chosen one and all that. Did you know that that could be Harry or Neville? Because they, they were born a couple days apart. Or it was the same day, I can't remember now. I've, it's been a while. We're not at that point in the book again, so I don't remember. Gryffindor wins the House Cup from cheating. Okay, I'm very pro-Gryffindor and anti-Slytherin, but, you know, fair's fair. Come on. And I would throw my hat, my hat in the air, and if it landed in front of me, I'd throw it on the ground. Why would you do that? Because I don't like them. Yeah, I know, but you got to wear them. It's part of the rules for this particular movie. And apparently no movies after that. Maybe the second one, I don't actually remember. But I know they abandoned it eventually. Uh, 
It's the one thing they do a very good job at. There's a consistency in every single one of the stories. It starts just before they go to school. It ends right as they finish school. So right. the very like the last day of school is the is the end of every book, except the last book. But we don't have to get into that. So as this film winds down, uh, I certainly hope you've enjoyed the episode. Uh, we will definitely be doing more of the Harry Potter series. I can't say like they're probably not going to be ones that we do once a year just with Abby or these types of things because there's so many of the movies. Uh, we'll probably switch it up from time to time. Uh, may, I might just use these ones for, uh, you know, ones where I have guests on or something like that. Who can say, really? I mean, we thought we had plans all locked down for the last little while, and I've had to change them several times due to technical issues, me being sick. Now Todd's sick. Poor guy, man. He's had a rough one. He just got He just got home, and now he's sick as a dog. So let's all uh, send Todd our best, uh, you know, tweet at him, at Miscast Todd. Say, feel better, man. Feel better. Joe can't go it alone. That's what I'll be, t- that's what I'll be putting in because I, you know, lack the self-confidence then one might need to, you know, host a podcast. Would you do magic against your brother if he was being mean to you? Yeah. What kind of magic would you do? To, um, like, for, to be falling over, like, a piece of wood. Oh, uh, you're going to Totalis, your own brother? Yeah. Wow. Or cousin. Or if he was my cousin. Or if he was my cousin. Ah, well, don't do that. I would just stick you all to the wall. No. Yeah, so that I can go out for a little while and know you guys are safe. Oh, that's not going to help. <laughs> no, you'd be saying... Oh, a piece of tape won't work. No, a piece of tape won't work, but magic will, right? But you got to be there to keep the, the thing there. Now the movie is over. Yeah. All right, gang. Well, we're going to just end it right here. We're not going to go through the entire credits, obviously. I'm not going to do an improv bit with Abby or anything like that. I just do want to say thanks to everybody and sorry for all of the improv or the uh, audibles we've had to call in the last little while. Of course, Todd being sick right now, we had to uh, improvise a little bit and uh, bring this one back earlier than intended. So, uh, anyways, we thank you. We're getting ready for the pictures. We are getting ready for the pictures. Is there anything you want to say to the listeners before we go? I don't know. Just we're gonna have Leia on it, and you're gonna and you're gonna really like her because she's so cute. All right, so there you have it. We're gonna post those on our uh, Instagram and Twitter feeds. So uh, go have a look at them there. And uh, and her th- name's Leia. Her name is Leia. Okay, yes, great. She's a dog. Um, <laughs> So anyways, thank you guys all so much, as always, for listening. Uh, you can catch us all the old ways, Twitter, at Miscast Podcast. Uh, you can find us on our Facebook page, like our Facebook page. Uh, go to uh, Instagram, at Miscast Commentary, um, whatever, what have you. Uh, email us at uh, podcast at Miscast Podcast. Uh, Email us at podcast at miscastcommentary.com. Uh, we've got something going on on Twitter right now. If you go through, uh, there's um, there's a thing where we're asking you guys 
to actually uh, name some movies that you'd like to hear us do miscast commentaries for. Uh, if you get chosen, we'll give you credit on air and we're going to send you something. So keep that in mind and uh, you can comment there or post it on our Facebook page uh, anywhere you wish or email it to us. In the meantime, we'll catch you next week with uh, hopefully a game plan. Todd texted me actually as we were recording this. He has bronchitis, so I'm expecting that he'll be up and running by next week uh, for us to do some more recordings, and hopefully we'll get They Live running for then. Uh, Thank you all again. And for Abigail Finley, I'm Joe Finley, saying bye-bye. This has been Miscast Commentary with your hosts, Joe Finley and Todd Murray. Executive producer, Joe Finley. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. Visit www.miscastcommentary.com for all news related to the podcast. Miscast Commentary is a Miscast Media production. At the heart of your job search is a mission for more. More challenge, more meaning. The FBI is seeking people from all backgrounds. Your pursuit for more deserves nothing less. Visit fbijobs.gov forward slash radio.